Well, good evening, y'all. Good evening. And happy Lord's Day. Thank you. <clears throat> Guys, today, uh, I'm going to state the obvious, right? Big obvious question, big obvious statement. Every good story has a beginning and an end. Every good story has a beginning and an end, right? Every movie that we watch has that moment where the person in the movie decides that they're about to have the greatest adventure of their life and they're going to begin pursuing someone or something or a purpose or whatever it might be, but there's a moment where a decision is made and then the story begins. There's a moment where a person in the movie has to say a big yes in order for the rest of the movie to unfold, right? In order for the rest of the little yeses to happen, the big yes has to happen where they decide at this moment, I'm going to do something, right? Big yeses and little yeses. That's what today's about. <clears throat> a couple of movies just to throw them out to you to get the point across. How many of you have ever seen Braveheart? Every man better raise his hand. I'm joking. Guys, Braveheart, it's an incredible movie. And there's that moment where Mel Gibson... Um, realizes that he cannot sit in the apathy of his heart anymore and he's got the gifts and the talents and he's got to get out and he's got to begin to defend his country. And so that moment that he realizes it, now the show begins and he goes out. That big yes that had to happen for all of the little yeses along the way within that movie to ultimately bringing him through all the battles and he rises up this, this triumphant army against the people and then it ultimately leads to Braveheart's other little yes to end up being captured and stretched at the end of the movie and guys you know what I'm about to do right here when he's stretched and they grab his stomach and they pull his guts out and he hollers out freedom and you're like yes that's what I'm made for I'm made for something more than myself to give myself to something greater than me. A big yes had to happen before he could ever get on to those little yeses. Okay, ladies, something not quite so violent. Let's talk about Beauty and the Beast, right? Not that I've ever watched the entirety of Beauty and the Beast, but I do know a little bit about it. And to, uh, my understanding is that there was this beast who captured this beautiful young lady named Belle and brought her to the castle and lived in his fantasy world of what it would be like if somebody would love him. So they would sit and they would have dinner across the table in candlelight and they would do all these things and walk through the garden. And poor Belle was miserable. Why? Because Belle never gave a yes to this relationship. Right? There was no freedom in Belle. And although he was wooing her with everything that a girl would ever want, she never had the freedom to say big yes. And so Beast realized that he really did fall in love with her. And he realized that love couldn't hold somebody captive. And he had to let her go. He had to say yes to letting her go. With the reality that she may never come back. But love desires the good of the other. And he loved her. And so he let her go. And it's at that moment, ladies, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's at that moment that Belle realizes she's free to give her big yes. And she does. And y'all know the rest of the story. They go back and everything is wonderful. And, it, and it's, we don't know the rest of the story between Belle and Beast, but we would just imagine like, oh, that's so incredible. Like their life ends happily ever after. We don't know what happened with all those little yeses 
after she went back to him. But we do know she finally got to give her big yes because she was free to do it. You see, most of those movies that we like watching, they, they'll end with marriage. And the whole movie is built upon the pursuit. And we think that marriage is the end, right? Marriage is the big yes. That's whenever I've decided in good times and bad and sickness and health, till death do us part, I'm going to remain faithful. I'm going to give my big yes. But most of the time, the movies don't show us what happens the rest of their life. We have no idea what the rest of those little yeses looked like, right? We grew up with it, right? Well, Romeo and Juliet. Y'all, most of y'all remember that one, right? The great, the great story. <clears throat> Romeo and Juliet gave a great big yes to love. If you think about it, though, they only knew each other for about two days. <laughs> they made a big old yes to loving one another for two days, and then they got really stupid, and they committed suicide together because that's what love does. They never had a chance to give their little yeses. They never had a chance to prove their love for one another. They just gave one big yes, and they lost their minds. <laughs> the Titanic. You remember that one, don't you? Right? You had Jack and Rose. They fell in love on the Titanic. We thought that that's really amazing. This is the greatest love story ever. Right? These two young couples fall in love on the Titanic and they end up dying and poor Jack ends up going into the water and freezing and giving his life for this girl that he fell in love with for all of three days. <laughs> they gave their big yes and y'all remember that scene where, <laughs> where they're on the edge of the boat and she's got her arms out in the air and he's right behind her and there's just this magical moment between the two of them and she begins exclaiming she's like I'm flying Jack I'm flying and she's like, he's like you're flying Rose you're flying she's like I've never flown before Jack how romantic <laughs> oh lord my heart went thumpity thump <laughs> We never saw their little yeses along the way. We just got their big yes, and that just captivated everybody, right? Because we love the big yes. But the struggle comes with the little yeses. That's where the rubber meets the road, right? Another movie that I'm a great fan of, of which I've realized that the millennials today have never quite had the experience and the joy of watching The Lord of the Rings. And I will tell you before you come to communion, I will give you absolution for not watching that. Because it's one of the greatest movies known to man, in my book anyway, and Mark's too. Absolutely. So I'm going to give you a little backup of what happens with Lord of the Rings. And I would encourage you to watch it. It's 13 hours, so if you have nothing else to do with your day. Um, <laughs> but what happens in the Lord of the Rings is there's a moment where little Frodo has to make a big yes. He realizes he's been given a mission. And it's going to be a hard mission. He's got to take this ring and go through an incredible adventure and destroy the ring and the fires of Mordor. It's unbelievable. And so there's the moment where Frodo realizes it's his duty, and he has to say a big yes that is going to lead to a whole lot of little yeses along the way. But what I love about the Lord of the Rings, you actually get to see all the little yeses. That's cool. But you also get to see friendship. You get to see fellowship. You see companions. Frodo doesn't do this journey alone. Frodo has friends that are coming with him. His first friend is a little guy by the name of Sam. 
And Sam is a really cool cat. He's super devoted to Frodo. You know, to the point where Frodo is out in the water and he's leaving Sam behind and Sam goes running and he jumps in the water and begins to try to catch up with the boat and all of a sudden Sam realizes that he can't swim. <laughs> so Sam begins to sink and Frodo's like, oh no, I can't let my friend die. So he ends up getting into the boat with Frodo and Frodo's like, Sam, what are you doing? This is my battle, not yours. And it's a very cheesy moment between the two of them where Sam is all emotional and crying and he's like, but I promised Mr. Gandalf that I wouldn't leave you. Very emasculating. But anyway, um, it's a moment of, of friendship and it's a moment that Sam's not going to leave him along the way. And that's what happens. Sam goes to fight for him. He almost dies for him several times and he's with him until the very end. Sam gave little yeses along the way, and so did Frodo, right? What's that have to do with today's reading? It has everything to do with the first reading, Exodus chapter 17. This is Moses, right? This is where I want to get into the scriptures. Moses, at one point in his life, before we get to chapter 17, Moses had to make a big yes. And then all along the way, he had to give his little yeses in order to make it to the promised land. This chapter 17 happens right in the middle of the journey to the promised land. Moses had to make a big yes. When? Well, whenever Moses was in Kokodri and he saw the swamp grass burning, God revealed himself to him. <laughs> Maybe he wasn't in Kokodri, but you know what I mean. He was in the desert and the bush was burning and God spoke to him in the middle of the burning bush. And Moses at that moment had to say a big yes. That, Lord, I don't know what you're going to do with me. I don't understand why you chose me. But I say yes to whatever it is you're calling me to. And then all the little yeses happen, right? He says, Moses, will you go and talk to, to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go? Yes, Lord, I'm going to go. Little yes. Pharaoh didn't listen to him. Moses, will you go back to Pharaoh? Tell him, let my people go. All right, I'm going to go back. Yes, Lord, little yes, I'm going to go. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, Pharaoh doesn't listen. And so he's like, Moses, I'm going to throw out a plague that's going to hit the whole land. Are you with me? Yes, yes, Lord, I'm with you. Little yes. And so they went through the seven plagues. Y'all know them. The pestilence, uh, the things that happened to the people all along the way, the water that turned into blood. Yes, Lord, I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you. <clears throat> and then God says, all right, Moses, tonight I'm going to set the people free. Moses, I want you to take the lamb, I want you to kill it, I want you to slaughter it, I want you to take this male lamb unblemished, and I want you to roast it. And tonight, Moses, you're going to have to eat that lamb with all the people of Israel. You've got to take the blood, sprinkle it over the doorpost, and you're going to have to do this so that the, the angel of death will pass over your house and your firstborn son will live. And Moses said, but God, I don't like blood, it stinks. <laughs> I'm kidding, he didn't say that. But he said, you know, he was like, Lord, I, I will do it, yes. I would do it. I don't understand it, but I'm going to do it because you said for me to do it. Little yes. That night, God came in and struck down the firstborn sons of all the Egyptians. And Pharaoh said, Moses, take your people and get out. So the Egyptians now left because of Moses' big yes that happened a long time ago. And his little yes is all the way along his journey. And so we go through the desert, and all of a sudden, the people are grumbling and complaining, and they say, Moses, what are you brought us out here to die, Moses? Come on, we're dying of hunger. So Moses says, Lord, you got to do something. And God says, do you trust me? And Moses said, little yes, I do. So God began to rain down manna to feed his people. 
Now we're in chapter 17. And they're trying to get to the promised land. And all of a sudden there's these people called the, uh, the Amalites. And they wage war against each other. And so a battle is going to break out between the Amalites and the people of Israel. And so listen what happens. Moses does this. It's the coolest thing. He tells Joshua, go out and fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the mountain with a rod in my hand. All right, so picture what's happening. They're going to go fight down there, and Moses is going to be on top of the mountain holding his staff. This is the one that he struck the water with in the Red Sea split. So Joshua did it. Moses goes up to the top of the mountain with two friends. The name is Aaron and Hur. And they go up to the top of the mountain. Listen to this, how interesting. Verse 11. As the battle was going on, what was Moses doing? Moses held up his hands. And while he did that, Israel prevailed. They were winning the battle. So long as Moses was doing this. Holding up his hands. The people down there, his people, the chosen people of God, were winning the battle. So long as Moses did this. Then it says his arms grew weary and his hands began to lower. Whenever Moses' hands lowered and he grew weary, what happened? The Amalekites began to prevail. And the chosen people were getting slaughtered. So listen how cool this is. His two buddies, they went and they got a rock because they saw that Moses was growing weary. They put the rock underneath him so he could sit. And then these two buddies of his realized that so long as Moses was doing this, his hands were up, the people of Israel were winning the battle. But the moment his hands went down, they started to lose. You see, our actions have effects on other people, don't they? So what they did is that they stood underneath him and they lifted up his hands. So you got a picture, Moses is here with his partners on both sides, holding his arms up. His friends had to give their little yeses to help out with this battle, and Moses had to say, yes, Lord, even though my shoulders are killing me, I'm going to stand here, and I'm not moving. And what happens in this moment is that the Israel mows down, I love how he says that, he mows down the Amalekites. They win the battle. Why did they win the battle? Because Moses realized that he can't do it by himself. He can't fight this fight by himself. He can't keep his arms out like this for the entire battle. And so he realized that he's got to have some help. And so his two buddies get there and they help hold his arms up. And that's an incredible moment. That's an absolutely incredible moment. Because I think it says a lot about us. You see, all of us are in battles too. And our actions are going to affect a whole lot of people that's out there. And so we're called, like Moses, to be persistent in prayer, to intercede, to hold out our arms, if you want to say that, to lift up holy hands to God for those that we love. And what happens whenever, let's just use marriage for a second, what happens when a husband or a wife begin to put their arms down and they begin to stop engaging in the battle for the salvation of their family? What happens the kids get hurt. You see, as long as mom and dad are sitting there interceding and praying before the throne of God and they're interceding for their kid and they're protecting them, then the Lord's going to prevail. 
But what happens many times, let me see your arm, just put your arms out like that. What happens many times is that we'll have people, sometimes it's spouses, and they're going to not just hold your arm up, they're going to do this. You ever had that happen? Husbands and wives can't agree on things that are going on, and so one's pushing the other one's arms down. No, guys, we're made to be able to support one another like this. This is what we're supposed to do. And whenever in marriage, many times when our arms begin to slack, that's where God says, I'm going to give you a helpmate, not a slave, a helpmate to help you in the battle, to help keep your arms raised up. So the question sometimes for us is, who's under my arms? Who's helping me fight the fight? College students do this a lot as well, right? We all need someone to help us fight the good fight, especially in college. This is where the battle is raging in so many different ways. And so we give our big yes many times. Yes, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I made Awakening 46, and I'm all fired up, and things are going good, and now it's week three, and I'm having to give my little yeses, but Lord, homecoming week is this week. (laughs) How am I going to give my little yeses this week at homecoming? Right? How am I going to keep my arms up? Because I gave my yes to Jesus that I would do your will and I would follow you all my days. How do I keep those little yeses all the way along with my arms up? Because sometimes, if we're honest, our arms start to grow weak. Mine do. I'm sure yours do. And that's okay. That's human nature. What's the key? Who do you have standing next to you? Who's going to hold your arms up in the midst of the battle and not throw you into the battle? Let me say that again. Who's going to hold your arms up in the midst of the battle and not throw you into the battle? It depends on who's under your arms, right? Who's holding our arms up in the midst of this battle is going to be all the difference in the world. It will be the difference between you winning a victory or not. Moses needed this. We need this. Friendship is super important. This is what friends do. Friends desire the good of the other person and they want to help in the midst of struggles. This is what relationships are about, right? The big yes that happened with marriage was right there on the altar in good times and in bad and sickness and health till death do his part. I will always lift up your arms in the midst of struggles. I may not understand what's going on or why, but I would do it. That's our duties. That's what we're called to. Now, ultimately, Moses is not just some figure. Moses points forward to Jesus. And it's going to be whenever Moses went up to the mountain and stretched out his arms, and whenever he was stretching out his arms on the mountain, the people were winning the battle. But what's going to happen is that Jesus Christ is going to come. Moses points forward to Jesus, and Jesus is going to come. And Jesus is going to stretch out his arms, and he's going to be climbing the the cross. He's going to mount the wood of the cross, where? On a mountain. And his arms are going to go out, and they're going to grow weary, and they're going to grow so weary that he's not going to have somebody to help him hold them up. He's going to have nails driven through them to help him hold up what is love poured out for us. That's Jesus. That's how he keeps his arms up for us. He's not going to come off the cross until he's completed the mission that the Father sent him for me and for you. If we were the last ones on earth, Jesus would have still stretched out his arms and allowed nails to pierce them and died for each one of us. That's reality. That's what Moses shows us. That's what our friends show us. 
That's what spouses show us, that we have that moment that we've got to stay involved in the battle because you know what? Jesus fought the biggest battle ever on the cross. That battle was for my salvation and yours. That's why he did it. And he's not going to come down off the cross until he's finished the battle, until he won the war, until Satan is crushed. And even then, death can't hold him bound. He's going to rise from the grave, and he will conquer death once and for all. And he's going to open up the gates of heaven so we can live with him forever. That's the whole story. But it only can unfold in my life and your life if we've made that big yes to Jesus. Yes, Lord, I will follow you. And then the rest of my life and your life is the series of little yeses. And when those little yeses are going to get hard, ask yourselves, who's under my arm right now? Who's helping hold me up? Or are they pushing me into the battle? It's an important question. It's an important answer. Because that's going to determine a lot in our lives. And so we come together as a family, as people that want to hold each other up, hold each other's arms up to be a strength and a witness to one another. I got to tell you, I, I do a lot of traveling. I, I'm absent a lot. But what keeps me going because of other responsibilities, what keeps me going is you guys. What keeps me waking up in the morning and praying, even though I'm not here, is you. Because I know if I begin to falter, if my arms begin to fall, then you get affected by it. That's just the way grace works. And so it's important for me to have those people under my arms and accountable to and helping me along the way. No one is, is free from this. This is just what it is to be human, to be men and women who are striving to one day reach the glory. The end hasn't happened. The big yes happened, but now it's our time to put out a bunch of little yeses so that one day we will be able to meet our Lord and Savior. And he will say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and inherit the kingdom that I have prepared for you from the beginning of the world. Amen.